Listen to me. You got to stir up that spiritual DNA. You really do. When you get stagnant in your faith, it's because you've stopped God from doing what he wants to do. If his mercies are new every morning, that means they can create something new in you every morning. I don't know about you, but I don't want stale bread. Huh? Have you ever had crackers? We talked about this a while back, I think. You're going to have chicken noodle soup, and I don't know about you, sometimes I like to take crackers and bust them all up and then put them in there. But they're absolutely pathetic if they're stale. I mean, you just run. You can't even eat the soup. I mean, you're like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to eat now? Because I put, listen, God does not want stale believers. Huh? I think it's a stench in his nostrils. Laodicean church. Come on, somebody. We don't have time to preach on that. Let's move on. I'm talking about keeping the lamp lit. Talked about this last week. Uh-oh, let me, keeping your lamp lit. Is there something going wrong in here with the lights? I can't tell, is it? I still can't tell. I want something going on with the lights here, up and down. Give me something here. Don't just look at me like I'm blind. There we go. Keeping the lamp lit. So we, uh-oh. See, that's what I'm afraid we look like a little bit. Come on, somebody. I can't see some of you now, huh? You can see me because my lamp's lit. That's what I'm talking about right there. Huh? Keep your lamp lit. Some of you are not keeping your lamp lit. It's not for us in here. It's who? For those out there. That's why you keep your lamp lit. All right, give me a little light, please. But it could flicker again. I don't know any minute. You know, you just, I said it could flicker again. I'm trying to teach these people something. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to teach. They got to learn how to follow me a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Paul said, that's what I'm talking about. Now we're working. Yeah. Now, you have to understand. Paul said this. He said, follow me as I follow the Lord. Because if my light flickers, I'm just paraphrasing Dennis Hill. If my light flickers, you'll still be following the light that never fails. Amen. Amen. That's why he said, follow me as I follow the Lord. Many people's light have gone out. I said, many people's light (laughs) have gone (laughs) out. We're going to get this. Huh? Don't be looking back at him, you intimidate him. <laughs> D-Boy's back out. What's wrong with him? Can't they hear? You wouldn't be hearing it. Y'all know. No, no. Y'all know the one you should have had on. Is it still up here anymore? It's behind you. That's the one we ought to have on. No, no. This one right here is the one we ought to have on. We're not going to disco today. Listen to me. I don't know if you've had a chance to praise like we praise, but isn't it fun to get free? Yeah. Those are not just songs. Those are about the freedom that Christ has given you over sin. That's right. So you are free. You really are. You're not just, but if you can't be free in here, I can't imagine what you're going through out there. You've got to get free in here. There has to be something breaking. Listen, don't you remember when you were lost and undone and you were going to those dances? You couldn't wait till you got there, but you got kind of free before you got there. You know what I'm talking about? You had to dislocate yourself from yourself, so when you got there, you couldn't be yourself. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Do I? There's one guy who agrees with me. You don't remember getting drunk before you got there? Then you acted like when you got there, you were going to start drinking. Come on. Or you were going to start smoking. I'm just preaching it the truth, and you know what I'm saying? Somebody going, I wish they could tell it on me. Let me just, somebody decide to lie today. Quit lying. Bruce. Bruce didn't do any of that stuff. I did all that stuff, okay? I don't want to say any of that stuff, Bruce. Let's not go that far, okay? Right. He has repented. He's been saved many years, so he's been acting right. Psalm 105, 19, 105 says this, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. 
I'm going to stay with that again today because I think it's so important that you get the lamp and the light. I'm going to keep hammering this so that you can get this in your spirit. That you're li- you, you are an you are a orifice. You are an instrument. You are a tool that has the capacity to be lit. Isn't that right? I just don't think we ever think about it much. When we leave here, I think our light begins to flicker. <laughs> I knew he'd get that. Uh, it does. I think as soon as we hit the door. Don't do it yet. We're not at the door. But I think it's when we hit the door, we begin to flicker because why? It's so easy in here for some of us to really get down, get loose, get free, love God, hear these songs and think, this is, and this is a concert. Oh, come on, somebody. Listen, it's a concert for Jesus. See, that's why you can't get past yourself when you come to a place that really does worship the Lord because you go, well, you know, at the other church I've been at, we have things very quiet. I think 19 times my wife counted in the book of Revelation, it's going to be loud somewhere in heaven. So I don't know where you're getting, and we're supposed to be quiet. We ought to be excited. Yeah. We ought to, yes, there's a time for that kind of reverence. When we're in prayer and we're in deep thought and meditation to the things of God, absolutely. But just because you're quiet doesn't mean your lamp's not lit. Come on, somebody. Keeping the lamp lit must be a priority. Look at me. Quit thinking about what you're thinking about. Your lamp, keeping your lamp lit. As soon as you get up Monday morning, what do you say? Oh, my God, it's Monday. It's true? Lamp starts to flicker. Lamp starts to flicker. I knew it. There you go, baby. I'm telling you, we're going to get this flicker down. All right? Your lamp starts to flicker. See, I'm going to do this enough in this sermon today so that you'll never forget that it's more important for your lamp to be lit out there than it is in here. Yes, I think it ought to be. We ought to be encouraging one another up in here. Why? Because you already know there's everything the enemy can do to put your light out out there. That's what we're going to be talking about today. The development of my relationship with the Father depends on my delight. Don't you like that? Now, what was I talking about? Flickering of my lamp. Flick- yeah, see, there we're getting it. So I'm going to talk about delight. Now, when you're talking to lots of people, they don't say the light. They say delight. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? They use D instead of the. I'm talking about delight. It has to be something to do with illumination. My delight. Th- Psalm 37, 4 says this. Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. The word delight means being so satisfied, submitted and subservient to his will, that I am pliable to his way. Now, did you hear that? That's delight. Come on, somebody. Are you that delightful in the Lord? Then when you ask what you're asking, you're asking his will, his way, so it automatically manifests. It's the truth. Just delight. Put the light on the things of the Lord more than you do the things of yourself. Be subservient to, be pliable to, and submitful to his way. Having a desire in the Lord then would mean 
all of my affections are contingent upon his will so that the desires of my heart are the same as his will. You want your prayers answered? Get delightful in the Lord. Then when you pray, you're praying his will. It can't help but be answered. And I mean, I'm telling you, young people, do y'all know that y'all can pray like this if you'll get delighted in the Lord? And he has to answer you just as well as he does somebody that you think's over the hill. I saw a light flickering over there. I kind of like that. I don't know whose that was. I saw that over there. I like that. I like light flickers, but I don't want us to flicker in the community. That's what kills Christianity. It really does. That's where the word hypocrite comes from. We've got too many flickering of the light. Flickering of the light. Whoa, he's <laughs> killing me here. Leviticus 6, 12, 13 says, And the fire upon the altar. Listen to me, I'm talking about the Old Testament. I'm talking about in the tabernacle, okay, that Moses built. Fire upon the altar shall be burning in it, and it shall not be put out. I like that. Why? The light never goes out. Your light never goes out. You're the light of the world. Okay, you're the junior light of the world, but you're still nonetheless the light of the world. Why? Because the real light of the world is at the right hand of the Father praying for you. It says the light never goes out, and the priest, what is in Revelation, what does it call us? Kings and priests. Now, we're not yet kings because I think that's an eternity thing, but we're priests. That means we have... We can stand before God and offer sacrifices of ourself. Come on, somebody. See, you thought I was going to say something else. I said self, which would mean prayers for others. Maybe a submitful of our, maybe a, fle- uh, a flesh sacrifice. That's a good smell to the Lord when we sacrifice ourselves. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning, which stands for what we can reproduce, and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offerings. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. So it's your flesh that's constantly producing that delightfulness in the Lord. You just, every time you decide you're going to veer off another way and your light begins to flicker, that's what I'm talking about. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Come on, how many times? Listen, let let me go on. I'll just preach my whole message before I get there. The cross of Jesus will never lose its power. It's a light that never dims. Come on, somebody. Huh? There's no dimming. It's a bright light all the time. It has once and forever redeemed mankind from the curse of the law, which is who? Adam. Right? Everybody know that? Adam put the curse on us. Jesus broke the curse, the second man, Adam. It is forever effective as long as the earth exists. We become delightful toward many things, don't we? Oh, come on. In other words, we become pliable and accept many things into our lives without discerning. That tends to make our light flicker. I'm talking about. Isn't it the truth? You have no idea what's causing your light to flicker. Some of you don't know why that you're losing the power source. You used to be so excited. You used to be, I'm talking, and you have no idea what's going on. There's something that's wrong. What am I doing that my power source is so dim that I can't even see the ways that I'm supposed to be walking in? 
Listen, do you know how many people I've seen move in and out of the faith? People that you thought would never leave the faith just because they trip have moved out. Thinking that, okay, I'm saved, it's okay, it's over, it's done. Not really. We're supposed to be moving toward and even allowing God to create a greater light into each one of us. It is really not too difficult to determine if what is delighting you is of the Lord. Are you listening to me? We want to know if what's delightful to you is in the Lord. Does it identify with his word? Come on, look at me. Does it identify with his word? Does it give you a check mark when you're participating in whatever you're participating in? Is there confirmation in the spirit? In other words, when you're doing something, can you feel God, sense God, hear God say yes and amen? Okay? Your light won't flicker then. I promise. Many in the church today use their feelings as their main discerning tool. I got two people said amen and the rest of you are still feeling it. Isn't that the truth? What do you use? You use your emotions more than anything else to determine, well, you know, we're, we're not sure we're going to go. We're not, we don't feel like that's an important thing to do. Or, you know what, we're, uh, it's going to be too hot out there. Listen, you need to go to God on every decision you make that has value for the kingdom to determine what you should be doing or not. Not sitting there going, well, it's going to be this, it's going to be that. Okay, God, no matter what the elements are going to be like, what do you want me doing? If I'm supposed to be a light in a dark world, why will I sit home even if the elements look like it's not going to be progressive or, or productive? I do anyway. Many in the church today use their feelings as their main discerning tool. I believe this is where most of our difficulties arise. I believe many times we don't get answers from God because we know the answer before we ask. Or maybe it's we don't even ask. We're talking about keeping your lamp lit. We're talking about keeping your lamp lit. There we go. Keeping your lamp lit will always dispel darkness of the enemy. I was talking to a couple today that are here, been married three months. I don't know if I can remember being married three months. But I know this, they're Christian. It's a whole lot different than my first eight years of my marriage. They're Christian. They're actually here in this church. You've got to be a Christian to be here. Come on, they're Christian. <clears throat> it's so important. Why? Because... Their marriage will be a light to all others as long as they stay connected to the body of Christ. As long as they're reading their word. I tell each couple at night, grab hands, pray together, even if you're mad. That's just an emotional thing. Just get over it. Pray with, pray with your mate. The next thing you know, what you thought was important, God will dispel as darkness. Come on. And your light will begin to shine. Once, first toward him and then second toward one another. Lights attract. Lights, like spirits attract. Come on, somebody. Keeping your lamp lit will always dispel the darkness of the enemy. I'm telling you, you can keep a marriage going as long as you keep your light going. Samson, one of the last great judges, means strong. That's what we're going to talk about. He means strong. That'll impress the world today. But he could probably win every UFC fight ever. He's a bad man. Jawbone of a donkey. He whooped about a thousand. Something like that. I think it was a thousand. 
Judges 13, 24 through 25 says this, keep your lamp lit. And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson, which means the wrong. And the child grew and Jehovah blessed him. That's not a bad thing for to happen. And the spirit of Jehovah began to move him in Mahanadan between Zorah and Eshtal. He was a Nazarite. Now, in the 60s and 70s, the name he would have been called would be a long hair. No, seriously. How many of y'all lived back then? Don't put your hands up. You'll be telling yourself. A long hair. That's what they called all us guys that had that long hair. He's a long hair. He had a problem. He had a call on his life. He was a Nazarite. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But he had, pro he had a problem. It, well, let's go. He had no alcohol. He wasn't supposed to drink any alcohol. He wasn't supposed to touch the dead. If he did, his lamp would flicker. Come on, somebody. His light would go out. See, a lot of times we do things and we don't understand what we're doing is causing our faith to falter. The important idea here is it is a vow. Once called out, he is a vow. It's one called out. Some of these Nazarite vows was for, were for a lifetime as his, and some of them were just for a season. So he was born with a lamp that was lit. Come on, somebody. That's really cool. You're born with a lamp that was lit. You're ready to go. Nobody has to fire you up. God has already called and assigned you. Our lamp is lit when we get born again. Quit trying to start trusting. I say that a million times every time I talk to anybody. I'm going to try harder. I don't, and they go, and I say, well, quit trying. They go, what? Start trusting. You can't do it. Nobody can live Christianity. It's impossible. How do you do it? You trust in God. That's how you do it. You trust in his power. You trust in his grace inside of you. Sam had one real issue. It's not a good issue. He loved non-Jewish women, the Philistines. They were, uh, they were the arch enemy of the Jews. The Philistines were Gentiles. They were, they were absolutely against everything. They have done everything the Jews you can think of. Raped their women, killed them, stolen, stolen their property, did everything they could possibly do. And here Samson knows he has a few rules to go by being a Nazarite's number one, but number two, he had all the other rules to follow as a believer from the law, as a Jew. Jews were not just, they were just not supposed to intermarry. You know why the difficulty for Christians intermarrying? We all know. The challenge is somehow you're always praying for that person to get saved. And in reality, the challenge is to stay married. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong or right? Especially if you choose to keep your lamp lit. So from the beginning of his reign, his lamp flickered. I'm telling you, as soon as he got old enough to know what was going on, his mama spoke into his life his whole life, and when he got old enough to be a man of age to notice a woman, his lamp started to flicker. It's the truth. Sexual sin is one that affects your soul directly. That's why it has to be dealt with in a special way. Judges 14.1 says this, And Samson went down to Timnah, which means kind of one of the word, one of the meanings it has, I think, was division. That's a good thing, isn't it? Go down to Timnah, you're going to get divided between your faith in God and whoever you're with. And he saw a woman in Timnah, the daughter of a Philistine. Now this guy, 
as strong as he was, as called out as he was, had a great weakness. Just this act alone was enough to lead to his destruction. Just this act alone. He started losing his vow. His light started to flicker when this happened. His hair grew long. His hair was a type and a shadow of his anointing. It wasn't the anointing. It was just a type and a shadow of seeing he had an anointing. Even in his disobedience, God used him mightily against the Philistines. He marries a Philistine, and God still uses him in a mighty way. I hate to tell you, but we get married to people we're not supposed to, and then we stop following God. At least God still used him. Now, I'm not telling you he didn't have a mishap. Hang on to your seatbelt. Judges 15, 12 through 15. And they said to him, We've come to tie you up and hand you over to the Philistines. Samson had went out and made sport of the Philistines. I mean, he was such a strong individual, they could do nothing to stop him. So he goes out, he wrecks shop, tears everything up that they have. So the Philistines go to the Jews and say, we're going to give you a real hard time if you don't give him up. So the Jews go to Samson and say, we're going to tie you up, we're going to give you to the Philistines. And it goes on to say, just tell me you won't kill me yourself. They said, okay, we agree. We will only tie you up and hand you over to them. We will not kill you. So they bound him with two new ropes. That really helps. And led him up from the rock. See, his light hadn't flickered to that degree. His light hadn't gone out to that degree where the ropes could subdue him. Come on, some of you have been tied up. I'm afraid for your light. Because I think some of you can't get out of the tie-up that you're in. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. As he approached Lehi, the Philistines, Philistines came toward him shouting, The Spirit of the Lord is upon him in power. The ropes on his arms became like charred flax, and the bindings dropped from his hands. Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, he grabbed it and slew a few men. About a thousand. Can you imagine taking the jawbone of a donkey and saying, I'm thinking, could they not all charged at once? This dude must have been such a supernatural machine that he wheeled around like a chainsaw and was shelling them like peas. Even chasing Philistine women, God used him. You know, it's really amazing. Sometimes we see, see people that are doing ignorant things. And God still uses them. That's why you can't judge anybody for where they are. You know, we're so quick to judge people. And in the church, it's not our job. We're Nobody has been assigned a Holy Ghost cop. We're supposed to discern things of the Lord. But to cast judgment, it just means that's where we are in the faith. Even chasing Philistine women, God used him. He was judge of Israel for 20 years. But his fall was demoralizing and brought about a tremendous humility in his life. Just think, everywhere he walked, everybody said, Who, LeBron James is somebody like that today. Everybody knows LeBron James. Everybody thinks that he's somebody special. You think about it. Samson could have squashed him like he was nothing. Think of every UFC guy you can think of. Samson would have destroyed every single one. of They would have not gotten into the ring with him. It would have been ridiculous. It was an automatic win. As he was drawn more to a life of sin, see, it just didn't happen that he, that he stayed in this one arena. He kept progressing to a life of sin. His light was in danger of being snuffed out. He was not aware of the seriousness of the situation. 
Listen to me. Many times you are playing with sin, not even thinking about it's detrimental to your faith. You don't even see your light flicker. You don't. You don't even notice it. You just say like you used to say, well, everybody else is doing it. As old as that is, it still works. Do you all know that? In adults. You know, everybody else is letting their kids go. I mean, am I going to break my kid's heart? I mean, come on. No, you're going to keep their faith. You ever thought about that? How about you're going to keep them from getting pregnant? You ever thought about that? You're going to, hey, listen, if you're going to be on call, be on call. Be on call. You say, well, it's really hard to be on call. I know it is. I raised three kids. It's hard to be on call. And it's not popular to be on call, but you stay on call. At least when they get old enough to look back, they won't look at you and say, how come you didn't stand? How come you didn't give me a reason? But you did. Even though they may have went against it, at least you stood. He was not aware of the seriousness of the situation. He wasn't aware of what he was doing was going to cause a great fall. Even though he was big and bad in the community, when everybody said Samson, everybody said, where is he? Is he he here? Is he coming? See, but he didn't use it for the glory of God. As he was carousing for prostitutes in Gaza, you know where Gaza is? If you hadn't been to Israel, you don't know where Gaza is. I do. I haven't been there. It's not a place a Gentile like me would need to go. He showed his great strength in tearing. See, he was so arrogant that he was in Gaza and he was with a prostitute. So he decided he'd be really bad. He heard they were coming to get him. So in the middle of the night, he gets up, takes two iron gates, tears them off the hinges, and walks away with them. Trying to sh- he didn't try. He was showing them, really? Y'all are calling me out? Look at what I just did. I just did what, uh, what uh, a huge tractor. I'm sure he didn't know what that was, but I'm just using it. <laughs> How about two elephants couldn't pull out? He takes these things, one on each arm, and walks out on a hill, drops them off, and yells back like, I'm bad to the bone. What are you going to do about it? He didn't realize that what he was showing off would finally show him up. Come on, somebody. That's what we don't know. That's what we don't realize. Amen? Carousing for prostitutes. His soulish man would soon begin the pitiful process of his light becoming opaque. <sighs> like that. If you ever, uh, I don't want you to raise your hand, but I know you've known people that have fallen away from the Lord. I don't want you to raise your hand. But if you've been in town or somewhere and somebody came up to you and said, Hey, man. How's it going? It's good to see you. Hadn't seen you in a while. How's the church down there at the remnant? And you hadn't been in a year. What do you say? It's hard, isn't it? Your light's opaque. Now, they see something's different because when they're asking you that, you're starting to bite your tongue and figure out what kind of line do I have for this. And then you know what you start doing. Who can I blame? There's got to be somebody because it wasn't my fault I quit. Amen? Come on, be honest. His soulish man causes an opaqueness. 
Judges 16, 4 through 6. I got to hurry, but I really don't because where else are you going today? That was a joke. Well, you know what we ought to do? We ought to bring like Cheez-Its and hand out in here so when you get hungry, you need a couple and you can just stay a little more, you can concentrate a little more. Amen? Or you could have ate a few donuts like I did. Verse 4, sometime later, this is sometime later when, see, the later part of what God allows in your life means that he's giving you a chance to discern your situation. You listening? So sometime later, when Samson ought to be a little smarter than what he's acting, he doesn't learn. He doesn't listen. Does that sound like any of us? Not us. Not at the remnant church. All them other places are like that, but not us. Oh, we learn, don't we? We listen. Last week, Pastor Kobe was talking about learn and apply. It's so important. You ha- if you're going to learn it, you have to apply it. Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sarek, Listen to this name. Everybody knows this name. Brian, this is a name. Delilah. Just her name drives me crazy. I'm glad she's not around. I mean, you know, she was a looker. She was, Robert. You married her. No, I'm just teasing. He goes, I know. But you know, just this idea, he, it was somebody different than he's ever been with. Listen, here's what I want to tell you about sin. You can play around with it long enough, but eventually it'll capture you. He'd played around with all these other women. He'd played around with all these other prostitutes. He'd played around with, see, you have to understand, all of this, and then he plays around with his power so that everybody can see how great he is. And all of this is leading up to one thing, a horrible fall. Because he meets Delilah. Whew. You know, I've never met a kid named Delilah nor Jezebel. Probably not a good name for either child, okay? <laughs> Delilah, can you imagine who you going with, Sam? <laughs> Man, I just met Delilah, and she is something else. But he didn't realize it wasn't just her looks on the outside, it was her evil on the inside that was connecting him to his fall. His light was flickering. It had been flickering, but at this point right now, he didn't have to worry about having on a bright beam. All he had was dims. It's funny, isn't it, when you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing and you try to still keep that talk and that look? How you doing? I'm doing really good. On the inside, you're going, man, I'm doing pitiful. They don't even know what I did last night. Yes, they do. They may not know exactly what you did, but the eyes to your heart, which are right here, they can see there's a dimness to them. That's why it's hard to lie in a Holy Ghost-filled church. You've got to be a good liar. Well, that's not a good thing to say. You got to be a, I don't even know how to put that. Let's leave that alone. Yeah, special kind. You're not good liars. There's no good liars. Special liar. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, now the Philistines stand for evil. They find out Delilah has done hooked the prize. 
It's like when my wife met me. Why are y'all laughing at that? You, it's only men, I mean, only women laughing. Is that what you think about your husbands? Must be. My wife still thinks I'm a Samson. Only I'm a saved Samson. Right, where's my baby at? Is that right, honey? You told me yesterday how good looking I was. Were you lying? All right, you want me to put my hat, you like it when my hat's on, you want me to put it back on? No, I'm not. The rulers of the Philistines. <laughs> I didn't say flicker. You're trying to say her vision's messed up? Y'all are terrible. She told me on the way home, I was wearing my hat. We were driving back from her. Daddy's 90th birthday. Had my hat on in the car. Wasn't that hat. It was another hat. And she went, boy, you are the best looking cowboy there. And I didn't say nothing, but I was the only cowboy there. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. I'm going to take it as a compliment. Amen? Amen. You got to learn how they say those things, okay? The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, there's always somebody taking evil to another level. When you offer it in for an introduction, there's something behind it to ramp it up. Are you with me? See if you can lure him into showing you the secrets of his great strength. How can we overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him? Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. I'm telling you what, His life is on the line, and her future is sublime. She's looking at a lot of cash. She's looking at being set forever. That's the lie of the enemy. So Delilah said to Samson, here it is, tell me the secret of your great strength, and how can you be tied up and subdued? Do you understand? Come on, stay with Look at me. This is the idea every time the enemy gets an entrance into your life. It's not that you're not saved. You're not going to lose your salvation. My kids will always be my kids. Once you get born again, you'll always be a son or a daughter of the Most High God. But that doesn't mean, that that does not mean you cannot be captured by the enemy. What do you think the enemy wants to do to you? Capture you, subdue you. And if it can't have your soul, then let's destroy your witness. Isn't that right? We must understand the enemy is after what will make you fall. What will make you fall? Think about it. What will make you fall? Not just sin in general. Before you got born again, what made you fall? Usually he won't fall back into those things. He won't lead you back into that arena. But there's always something fresh that's never happened in your life. And it's still indeed tied to every other sin. How can we nullify your strength? Come on, some of you in here. How can we take away your strength? Trey, how old are you? 17. 17. I wonder how we can take away your Christian strength. You'd be a great leader at that school. wonder how we can take away your strength. Bet we can. Why, wow, you're a policeman. Surely we can take your strength away. Yeah, I bet we can find a way. Bet we can find a way. 
See, this is what the enemy's all about. That's what he's talking to you about. How can I get the light to flicker? How can I take away your strength? How can I put you in a place on the planet without doing the will of God in complete darkness? That's his goal. This is the issue of many believers. Through their submission to their flesh, their weakness is revealed and the enemy gains control. So what is your secret? That's what he's saying. How can you do this? You know what my secret is. I don't have a secret. It's the Holy Ghost. That's how you make it. It's the grace of God. It's staying in your word. It's staying connected to church. It's loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's staying the course when people say they can't. It's what you do. As much as I love you all, I don't base my faith on you. What is your secret? What is your secret? Huh? How can I get you to fall? What's your secret? How can you be so strong? What he's saying is, how can I separate you from your vow? Come on. How can I separate you from your vow? Huh? How can I separate you from your vow? You know I can. I have my directions from the serpent. I know I can. This is what I do every day. I work on looking for people that I know I can separate them because they're wavering in their vow. He's been wavering ever since he could notice a woman. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. He's been wavering ever since he noticed a woman. He had a call. He had a vow, a Nazarite vow. He was born, get this, born again, (laughs) so to speak. Number one, here's what happens. Pride pressure. I'm a bad man. That's what he walked around. I'm a bad man. When Muhammad Ali died, he didn't look like a bad man. Number two, flesh fishing. Leaving the enemy a source. You're putting the bait out there and the enemy's taking it. (laughs) Three, authority altercation. It's my choice. His parents tried to tell him don't go to the Philistines for a woman. He said, nobody can tell me what to do. Why? It's a gun show. You're missing it. It's a gun. You flicker your light. (laughs) Nobody can tell him what to do. Why? Because I'm the strongest. His parents tried to tell him this was going to... Listen, number four, devil dancing. Here's what devil dancing is. You ready? Sleeping with the enemy. Whoo, it's devil dancing. And the problem is when the devil, you dance with the devil, who leads? He always leads. No, he'll get up like he's going to, no, no, but who leads? When you sleep with the enemy, you eventually tell him your secrets. Duh. You know, your unfulfilled desires. You know, if I just had a man, that's what a wife said. A woman said, a man said, if I just had a woman, these are unfulfilled desires that you that you sometimes make known, even when you're talking out loud, riding around, whatever, and the whole time the enemy's going, yeah, yeah. What you're doing is you're putting, you're, 
You're sleeping with the enemy. Why? Well, I'll tell you in just a minute. Which lead into any and all ways he can help you. The enemy just wants to help you, doesn't he? He wants to help you feel better. I would go to that church down there, but I don't feel good. That pastor always talks about my sin. I'm not coming back there again because my name's not Johnny Glenn. You ought to flick on that for sure. I was so weak. I was trying to be KB and y'all missed the tree. Anyway, you know your unfulfilled desires which lead into any and all, any ways he can help you. You can get that boyfriend. You just got to do what you got to do. You can get that girlfriend. You just got to do what you got to do. The problem is, I always tell these girls this. Any girls, I don't care how old you are in here. If you've got to dress like hell to catch him, what do you got to do to keep him? And when you got him, what do you got? Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. You got to dress like that to catch that goober? Then what you got's a goober. Don't shout me down. I'm telling the truth. Why you dress like that? God, I went... I, I go to places around this town and... I have never seen why girls wear shorts all the way up to everything. I don't get it. It embarrasses me. Why are you showing everything you got? You know what every guy is thinking. And if one of them, and, you, and then when they say, well, he was, he was hitting on me. Well, what did you think he was going to do? You look like you were saying. I'm not going to say it. Am I telling the truth? You dress like hell and you wonder why hell knocks on the door. And no, it ain't the same way with guys. Why? They don't look like that. Oh, they just don't. Except if you were Samson. You can get that boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, job. You can lie. Friends. Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, God has said, You shall not eat of the tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We must eat of the trees, of the fruit trees of the garden. But the fruit tree, but fruit, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat thereof. And neither shall you touch it lest you die. There's a lot of things that she added too, which is what we do in the faith. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth, not, doth know that in that day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Boom! What was she doing? Sleeping with the enemy. He'll tell you. See, her secret desire was what? I want to be as God. That was her secret desire. Why? Because the enemy knows her secret desire. Why? Because pretty often she'd go many days, years, whatever it was, she'd go by that tree. You know what I'm talking about. And that tree, she started out a long way off. And the, the more the years went by, the closer to that tree she'd get. That fruit is looking good. And all of a sudden the serpent started saying, it really does, doesn't it? I mean, that fruit's tasty too. You won't believe what it offers. Sleeping with the enemy. Before you know it, you die. 
You lose your faith. Not your salvation. You just lost the anointing that God had given you. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, when she saw... Now, whose eyes was she looking from? Driven by the enemy. Because that's what your flesh is driven by. She was driven by the enemy. And when she finally tore the veil of her spirit off, she looked at that tree and went, by God, it's on. I want that. I'm going to get that. And nobody can stop me. You know how many people I hear say that? You say, you don't hear it, do you? No, I just watch it in action. You say it a whole lot louder. When you do it, you say it a whole lot louder than when you say it. It was pleasant to the eyes. That's flesh. Her light is flickering. And a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave it unto her husband with he did eat. And we already know the rest. And with the enemy, she was sleeping. She was telling him all her unfulfilled desires. Now I want you to get this. All her unfulfilled desires. I'm just <laughs> shut that thing off. I don't know. I started to stop it. I'm just teasing. I wasn't even mad. I was doing it for fun. Just for a laugh. Take it out of the service. You know, I've been at the Remnant Church a long time. But you know what? I want her here in this church more than I do any place else. You understand me? You got to understand that. You think I care about a little phone going off? Get over it. Y'all weren't at the bar when people were running all up and down, going to the bathroom, tearing up the bathroom more ways than one. Steve, you remember those days? Oh, God, help us. And where are we at here? I was only sidetracked a little. You ought to preach in Africa. You hadn't seen anything. With the enemy, she was sleeping with. She was telling him all her unfulfilled desires. See, when you sleep with the enemy, you know what you tell him? Everything. Everything. You, 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 you. Tell him how sorry you feel for yourself. You tell him how bad you've been treated. Nobody understands. You do. Feel sorry for yourself. Your parents were sorry. See, we're looking for somebody to blame. So the enemy, you're sleeping with the enemy. And he's telling you, you got reasons to do what you do. You got reasons. He's sleeping. Poor old Samson. Talk about goober of goobers. Sleeping with the enemy is fixing to cost him dearly. You don't understand this. It's not just a, a, a story about a man that's spiritually fit and grounded. It's a story for you to understand that the enemy is coming for you in like fashion. Sleeping with the enemy. Wow. The vow was broken during pillow talk. <laughs> I want you to hear me. 
don't tell me. I'm just going to die. And you're not getting anything else tonight either. <laughs> Think I'm teasing? This went on for a while. Samson is a, he's a, he's an addict. He's a sex addict. Like David was. Sex addict. The enemy knew this. And when you sleep with the enemy, what happens? Well, this pillow talk. Pillow talk, kept talking to him. She's crying, putting on a show. Think about it. She's getting money. Listen to me. When the, the, the enemy's payment is only your fall. You get this? It's only, it has nothing to do with money. It's your fall. And then he comes and talks to you and says, how do you like them apples? Doesn't he? Y'all all want him to feel sorry for you, and he wants to crush your skull. The vow is broken during pillow talk. Sleeping with the enemy consists of many manifestations. Sleeping with. What are you sleeping with? You know, giving place for the enemy to speak into your faith. You know, when you go to bed at night and you can't sleep because you're worrying about everything in the world, don't you understand that? Sleeping with the enemy. You're worried about everything. You're worried about the job. You're worried about the bills. You're worried about the kids. Don't you understand it? As you're professing that instead of praying like the Bible says, you're professing to the enemy. In your minds, you always think it has some kind of sexual connotation. Well, that's spiritual adultery when you're worrying and not praying. It's the truth. Can't even sleep. Can't do anything. I don't know what we're going to do. By God, pray. Don't sleep with the enemy and tell him all your, all your personal things. Will my life ever change? Will I ever get over this? I don't know. Are you ever going to trust God? Is somebody going to pay the price? Somebody needs to pay the price for everything that's happened to me, Julie. I was molested as a child. Somebody ought to pay for that. But somebody did. <laughs> somebody did. In all of your excuses, somebody did. I'm not saying they're not hurtful. I'm not saying they're not real. But I'm telling you, my God, Jesus took your place. Matter of fact, he was there when that happened. Giving place for the enemy to speak into your faith. That's what happens when you sleep with the enemy. I hate the enemy. He's such a bad, bad partner. Do you think it's always, no, it's the worrying. It's the laying down. It's the sitting up. It's wherever you are and you're not giving God the, the right place he deserves. And you're, if you're a believer, I'm almost done today. Judges 16, 21, and 22. Then the Philistines seized Samson. They got him. And they only did one thing. They gouged out the light of his eyes. What's that mean to you? They gouged out the light of his eyes. Let's take it spiritual. I know he's blind. What do you think he was before it ever happened? He was blind spiritually. And this is just a type and a shadow of he was blind before he finally became blind. 
Why would you let the enemy sleep with you to blind you? That's what he's going to do. He's going to blind you to the love of God. He's going to blind you to your ministry. He's going to blind you to the love of your mate. He's going to blind you to the things that God has in order for you. He's going to blind you. He's going to give you excuses. He's going to give you the right. (coughs) But that's not all he's fixing to do. Now get ready. I really am almost done. Then he's going to take you and he's going to put you, harness you to a meal press. A big wheel, a big stone. It's round and there's grain in the center of this and you're going to be the mule that's pushing this thing around. That's what you're doing in life. You're going in circles. Come on, somebody. That's what Samson did. He went in circles. He went in circles. They cut his hair. Of course, you have to understand the cutting of his hair was not the problem. Cutting of your hair does not... The vow was broken when he started sleeping with Philistine women. So he's pulling this thing around. They're laughing at him, making fun of him. And he's grinding. You know he has to be thinking, God, I'll let you down. Look at me. I used to be the strongest guy in the whole world, and look at me. I'm a fool. I'm a mo- I mean, I, I don't know if I can be humbled any more than this. God, what are we going to do? But Lord, I love you. Lord, I care for you. I'm so sorry I let you down. I'm sorry I wasn't the judge I was supposed to be. Lord, forgive me. And his hair started growing back. And it wasn't the hair that gave him his strength. It was the humility that brought him to the brink. It wasn't anything to do with the hair. It was the fact that he was being humbled before God. And then they put him up in the in this arena. They wanted to make sport of him and laugh at him and throw at him. And, and look here, this used to be the baddest guy in town. Look at this fool. You remember? He tells the little, little kid there with him, says, put me up between the two pillars of this place. And he put his hand on each side. And it said in his death, as he tore down the arena... He killed more in his death than he did when he ever was alive. The point is, he went down with it. What a wasted life. What a wasted life. Sleeping with the enemy. If you think his light flickered when he was on this, this meal grind, his light was out at the beginning. Totally out. Put these lights out. That's what his light was like. That's what he was in this black pitch, just like he was just walking. And then all, it just started coming on because he was being humbled. It just started coming on. And the years that he spent around this thing, the humility that he was brought to, brought him to a right relationship with God. And we know in Romans it says, God's giftings and callings are without repentance. He called him. So he reinstalled him. Amen? Amen. Amen. And he allowed him to accomplish what he thought he could have never accomplished, even in the life that he lived. 
Now think about this. Where are you today? Sleeping with the enemy? Your light flickering? Your light flickering? Is it? You fix to go out today. Is your light going to flicker as soon as you get to the door before you get to the door? There are people in this town that need to see a real light. That's the light of Christ living inside you. There's so many so afraid to step out and you don't even know you've been sleeping with the enemy so long it's become, it's become comfortable. What are you going to do about it? You want something different in life? What do you want different in life? What do you want? 